Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience sharing article from the 20th China Fahui entitled Saving People While Demanding My Wrongfully Suspended Pension to Be Reinstated by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minhui website on November the 15th, 2023. I am a retired teacher. After I was released from serving one year for practicing Falun Dafa, I was devastated to find that my pension had been suspended in the past two plus years. Instead of passively accepting the financial persecution, I took the opportunity to reach out to many people and clarify the facts about DAFA. Many of them became supportive and my pension was reinstated. Part 1. Planning and Preparing Materials I made a truth clarification plan. The first step was to send letters to the leadership at the school that I retired from. I wasn't good at writing and I often had to stay up at night to think about how to draft the letters. I asked Master to help so that I could customise my letters to achieve the best results. The first letter was simply about my situation and that I was entitled to receive my pension according to labour law. Starting from the second letter, I began to include content about DAFA and urged the officials not to participate in the persecution. I often went to the school and handed the letters to the officials myself. Then in the follow-up letters, I added examples of how other practitioners successfully had their pensions reinstated. I kept records of the contents of the letters to different individuals, so I wouldn't repeat the same things in future letters even for high-level officials not directly involved in my case. I also sent materials to them. On the surface, it was me who asked them to help, while in reality, I did this for them to learn the facts and be saved. Some people were afraid and returned the letter to me without opening it. Some officials read it aloud in front of others, according to the feedback I received. There were also people who considered my efforts to be a joke. None of this was surprising to me and I knew very well what I was doing. One woman named Fen was in charge of salaries and pensions. She often mistreated other DAFA practitioners working in the school and deducted their salaries. She died at a young age and I believe it was karmic retribution from her actions. I included her case in the letter sent to the manager of the school's Human Resources and Social Security Bureau and I believe it sounded an alarm to him. I kept writing letters and submitting materials. Gradually I became better at it. I also submitted two large envelopes of materials to the provincial inspection team. Thinking back on this experience, I am grateful to Master Lee the founder of Falun Dafa, for granting me the wisdom, otherwise this would not be possible. Part 2. Interacting with social security personnel. Everything was difficult at the beginning, not knowing who to contact. I lost my appetite and felt pain all over. 
Considering it as interference from the old forces, I looked within and found that I was afraid. In addition, I was attached to fame and comfort. But opposing the persecution was my mission, and I sent forth righteous thoughts to clear up these impure attachments. The process is important because that is how people could learn the facts. I also asked other practitioners to send forth righteous thoughts for me. Whenever I felt afraid again, I recited the far and I would calm down quickly. When visiting the Social Security Bureau for the first time to submit materials to the Bureau directors, as soon as I was about to go upstairs, I felt intense pain in my lower back and couldn't move. I negated the interference from the old forces and asked Master for help. The pain went away soon and I went to the office. But the young staff members at the front desk had a bad attitude and refused to accept the materials. Since the staff members didn't take the materials, I found the home addresses of the bureau directors and delivered the letters to them myself. It was snowing when I went to one director's home. The community was gated and I could not enter. Then a woman walked out and let me in. After I found a director's apartment building, another gate blocked me. I rang the bell from the first to the sixth floor and no one responded. I tried my own key and somehow it worked. I thanked Master for the help and hung the letter on the door. I also returned to the Social Security Bureau many times to deliver materials. After a year of persistent efforts, some people began to accept the materials. I was told that one bureau director was sympathetic towards my situation and he said that DARFA practitioners are good people. Those young staff members who gave me a hard time initially also agreed to quit the Chinese Communist Party CCP. Part 3. Reaching out to more people Over time, I realised that I should reach out to other government agencies, such as the Civil Affairs Bureau or the Women's Federation. Since I had not received a pension for several years, I asked them if there were any stipends. I also took the opportunity to clarify the facts. Sometimes the officers would refer me to other places and I was able to talk to more people this way. The manager at the Women's Federation initially said she was unable to help me. But after reading my materials, she was very warm and happy to accept more information from me when I found her again. The provincial inspection team visited my area a while ago and I submitted my materials to them. In addition, I also mailed the materials to the Political and Legal Affairs Committee, Education Bureau, Labour Unions, People's Congress, Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, Courts, Justice Bureau and other agencies. Although they weren't directly involved in my pension, at least they could hear the facts this way. Master said in teaching at the 2005 conference in San Francisco, quote, Superficially speaking, what DARFA disciples are doing is counteracting the persecution, but in reality, your greatest duty is to save sentient beings, and that is the true embodiment of validating the FAR, unquote. One time, I went to the home of a bureau director, but the security guard followed me and I was unable to deliver the materials. When I went there the next time, I met the sister of a former student of mine, 
and it turned out that she was the next-door neighbour of the bureau director. She took me to his home and I left the materials on his door. I returned there shortly after and talked to the bureau director in person. He agreed to take a look at my case and see if he could help in any way. Once I delivered materials to the director's office, he asked if I was the one who left materials at the door, and I said yes. He then asked if the materials that his office received were also from me, and I nodded. I chatted with him and gave more materials to him and other people in the office. There was also interference in the process once the police contacted the courier company saying that someone had sent Falandafa materials to them. When the courier clerk called me, she was scared and her voice was shaky. I explained to her why the persecution was wrong. I also went to the courier branch and told them that the constitution protects freedom of belief. This way I explained the facts about Falandafa to staff members from four couriers. Some of them also agreed to renounce their membership in the CCP organisations. Part 4. Protection from Master When I visited the Social Security Bureau for the first time, the young staff members did not listen when I talked to them about Fallon Daffer. One of them even secretly videotaped me and planned to report me to the police. But one staff member, Zhu, believed what I said and stopped the one who videotaped me from reporting me. When Zhu told me about this, I said that he would be blessed for his good deeds. He also began to recite the auspicious phrases, Fallon Daffer is good, and truthfulness, compassion, forbearance is good. He soon recovered from a severe illness. Writing letters was time-consuming, and I did not have much time for studying Daffer teachings. My mind was also not calm when I sent forth righteous thoughts. When I stayed at home, the thought karma kept interfering with me. When I went out, I sometimes experienced physical discomfort. I knew it was a battle between good and evil in other dimensions. Right as I was planning to contact more government agencies and tell them about DARFA, my bathroom had a water leak. I contacted plumbers and even carpenters, and nobody could find out what was wrong. I looked within, sent forth righteous thoughts, and spent more time studying Falandafa teachings. The problem then disappeared. The plumber could not understand how the problem could be fixed without repair, so I told him about the miracles of Falandafa. After a few days, it leaked again. I looked inward and realised that I had not spent much time studying the far. I corrected that mentality and sent forth strong righteous thoughts. The problem went away and my family was also amazed. One day, when I was going to a government agency, I asked a young man for directions. I told him about DARFA, but he seemed absent-minded and kept playing with his phone. Thinking he might have videotaped me, I was a little afraid, but I did not want to give up and continued talking with him. After getting back home, I spent a long time sending forth righteous thoughts and was no longer afraid. Master said, in far teaching given at the Washington, D.C. International Far Conference, quote, Get rid of any attachments you have, and don't think about anything, just do everything a Darfur disciple should do, and everything will be covered, unquote. 
There were also people who refused to listen or gave me a hard time. When that happened, I would ask Master for help and send forth righteous thoughts so that everyone could learn the facts and choose the right path. Once, when we were reciting the following paragraph from Drive Out Interference, from the essentials of diligent progress too, my body shook and I had a better understanding of the far. Quote, the far can break all attachments. The far can destroy all evil. The far can shatter all lies. And the far can strengthen righteous thoughts. Unquote. Part 5. Making Breakthroughs When I contacted my workplace, they directed me to the Education Committee. When I went to the Education Committee, they ordered me to sign paperwork to renounce my belief, citing an order from the PLAC. Before they could reinstate my pension, I told them about DARFA, but they refused to listen and walked away. I decided to visit the PLAC and asked other practitioners to help send forth righteous thoughts, since it was a vicious place. After I arrived there, a staff member that I knew helped me find the deputy director. We passed over 10 offices on the way and I had sent materials to all of them in the past. After arriving at the office, the clerk went in for over 10 minutes before coming back out. The secretary is not here, but he told me your case should not be handled by the PLAC, she said. Although I suspected that the secretary was right there, I didn't challenge the staff member, knowing that I had made the first step in contacting the PLAC. When I contacted other government agencies, they also ordered me to write statements to renounce DARFA. I remained unmoved and kept reciting the FAR to strengthen my righteous thoughts. I wrote letters to officials at my workplace explaining why I would not give up my belief. One school leader, who insisted that I must write the renouncing statement, later said to me, Don't worry about it. You should get your pension as you deserve it. I thanked him and handed him another letter. One day, when studying the DARFA teachings at home, I suddenly realised that since the PLAC said they weren't in charge of my case, it means Master is taking care of it. So I went to the education committee and said, you asked me to check with the PLAC, but they said they had nothing to do with this. You might have talked to the wrong person. It could be someone else in the PLAC system, he replied. This does not make sense. A system is abstract and it relies on people to handle things. The people I talk to are in charge of the local office. I continued, I have worked here for so many years. We are in the same system. It is absurd that you are mistreating me like this. I'm a party member and I have to do my job, he said. I explained that the Constitution permits freedom of belief. If he still sided with the party, he would be held responsible for persecuting me in the future. He agreed to help and contacted my school principal. I then followed up with the Social Security Bureau and they said they heard the request from the school and needed approval from the Education Committee. As this continued, more people offered help. Once I went to an agency to deliver materials to the party secretary, Young. Since he wasn't in the office that day, I left the materials in his office. 
After returning home, I called him and he said he would review my materials. After a few days, I called him again and urged him to help me. He said he had called the leadership of my school and they had already submitted the request to reinstate my pension. I learned from someone in his office that he had a good relationship with several agencies in charge of my case and his help would make things move forward faster. Since the Social Security Bureau had not made a decision, I wrote more letters to various agencies citing the Constitution, Social Security Law, Labour Law and Elderly Persons Security Law, requesting them to return my money. In the beginning, my husband was concerned about my safety and asked me not to include much Falendaffer information in the letters. Upon seeing my progress and the support I received, he was happy for me and became supportive himself. Some government officials helped and protected me within their abilities. As I continued in telling people the facts about DARFA, more and more doors opened. This is also a process for me to improve. I have let go of resentment, showing off, and attachment to zealotry. I know Master has helped me along the way. Thank you, Master. The following is an experience-sharing article entitled The Year-Long Drama Ended When I Looked Inward by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Mingwei website on November 18, 2023. Mr. John is in his 80s and has excelled in many aspects of cultivation. He can recite master's poems from Hong Yin to Hong Yin Four. When it comes to clarifying the truth and rescuing arrested practitioners from police stations, he's outstanding in many ways. However, his relationship with his daughter-in-law, who also practices Falun Dafa, was tense. Instead of looking inward and improving themselves, they both pointed fingers at each other. Mr. Jun wanted to create an environment for his daughter-in-law to study the Fa with a group. He invited me and another practitioner to his home to study the Fa with him and his daughter-in-law. Every time we went, we saw the same drama play out. Mr. Jun and his daughter-in-law both pointed out each other's shortcomings and problems in their cultivation. I kept trying to encourage them to look inward and cultivate themselves. I also showed Jun's daughter-in-law how to find Master's related teachings and practitioner sharing articles on the Mingwei website. Jun was not good at using the computer, so I told him which books and sections to read and printed out some related experience sharing articles for him. Jun's daughter-in-law was kind-hearted and Jun's relationship with her was more like father and daughter, with no barriers between them, and they could express their ideas to each other freely. Although she was a new practitioner, Jen's daughter-in-law studied the Fa diligently every day. She read sharing articles and looked inward. But because she was a new practitioner, 
she hadn't finished reading all of the Fod teachings and didn't have a good understanding in some areas, which is understandable as cultivation is a gradual process. Every time I went to their home, both of them kept pointing out each other's faults. I didn't look inward either. Instead, it reminded me of the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, fighting culture, a tendency to target and criticize others. I didn't realize that it was actually reflecting something I needed to cultivate in myself. I experienced some COVID symptoms in late 2022. One day I remembered Master's teachings that the CCP virus targets CCP members, which made me think there might still be remnants of the CCP's toxins in my body. I proactively eliminated them by reading the nine commentaries on the Communist Party. The next morning, the symptoms were gone. Mr. Jun, on the other hand, had severe symptoms of COVID. I suggested that they both read the nine commentaries. I observed that Jun's daughter-in-law was genuinely working on improving herself and making positive changes. However, Jun was still complaining about his daughter-in-law and focusing on her faults. I felt that Mr. John still didn't look inward after we studied the fog together for a year. I thought that I should let it go and it might be for me to cultivate. I knew that I had some remnants of CCP culture in me, so I felt it was a reminder for me to improve myself. Additionally, something happened with another family downstairs from Zhang's apartment so I discussed with the other practitioner that we should temporarily avoid going there, and she agreed. During the following FAS study, we discussed the temporary suspension of our visits. However, this time John didn't complain about his daughter-in-law. Instead, he happily said, After I looked inward, she changed. After self-reflection, I understood that John had looked outward at his daughter-in-law while I had constantly looked outward at John. We were the same. Master arranged this to help me see my habit of looking outward. This whole scenario was meant for me to understand to look inward. I watched this play unfold for a year without realizing that I was the main character in the play. The moment I started looking inward, the play came to an end. How much effort Master has put in for us to remove our attachments? This is only what I saw on the surface. Master told us everything in the Fa, but our human notions are blocking us and preventing us from understanding. As I memorized the Fa, I came across this sentence in Lecture 9 of Juan Fallen. Quote, If you could make it today, you would now be a Buddha. Unquote. It struck me like lightning and I suddenly enlightened. This sentence ends with a period, indicating that it's a statement. It's not a question, as I previously thought. So why did I fail to enlighten the first time? Why didn't I rectify myself when I saw another practitioner's shortcomings? Why did I look outward and focus on them? I remembered another passage of Master's Fa in Lecture 1 of Juan Fallen. Quote, did he see it? 
He did, but what he saw was not its true state. Why? It is because his level was not high enough, and what he was shown was only the manifestation of the Buddha Fa at his level. Unquote. I understood. If I didn't see the positive aspects of a practitioner, it meant that my level was low, and what manifested as their shortcomings was precisely the state of my own cultivation. I should first cultivate myself and then kindly remind them. I still haven't let go of the attachment to looking at others. I should unconditionally cultivate myself. I have been cultivating for over 20 years, and far rectification is now in its final stages and could end at any moment. If I continue to cultivate as I did in the past, it might be challenging and I could miss many opportunities. I'm determined to meet Master's requirements and achieve what's needed. I should live up to Master's expectations. This is my understanding. Please kindly point out anything that is not on the FA. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.